0: Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner and CFO for online coaches, and I'm on a mission to help online coaches keep more money in their pockets. If you're building an online service business and you want to learn how to grow your profits, manage your money, and pay less taxes all while pursuing your dream life, then you're in the right place. Justin Green is the founder of AssistFP, a financial planning firm, and Be a Wealthy Coach LLC, an outsourced CFO service. All opinions expressed in this episode are mine solely and not reflective of AssistFP or Be a Wealthy Coach. As always, this podcast is not advice and it is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Always consult with your own financial tax and or legal advisor before making any decisions. What's up coaches, welcome back to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, Certified Financial Planner. Recently, I purchased a life insurance policy and wanted to share with you the thought process that I went through and the actual process that it took to acquire the policy. Before we dive in though, just a reminder, each Friday afternoon, I drop a new issue of the Wealthy Weekend Newsletter, where I educate coaches on how to make better financial decisions in and out of your business. Sign up using the link in the show notes or in the link on Instagram, at justingreenfp. All right, let's dive into the episode on life insurance. So first, I want to tell you kind of why did I recently purchase a life insurance policy? I am a 31-year-old, young, healthy individual, married, and just recently had my first child. Many of you listening might be thinking, why would you buy life insurance if you're healthy? And that's actually one of the best times to buy life insurance. It's a lot more expensive or even sometimes impossible to get coverage if you wait until you're unhealthy. So recently, my wife and I, we had our first child and it's really important for me to have a life insurance policy in place should something happen to me that she would not have that financial burden of raising our child on her own on a single income. So that is the main reason that I went ahead and got a life insurance policy, but I kind of just wanted to walk you through the process, how I determined what I, how much I needed and what type of policy I was interested in getting in up until now. Didn't really have any need for life insurance. The only significant need would have been locking in insurability at a young age, right? So sometimes if you wait too long and, you know, let's say you get diagnosed with cancer or something, even at a young age, which is possible, I know the, the risk and likelihood is low. It can happen. It's happened to many people. And at that point, it's kind of impossible to get the coverage. So the only real reason I would have had up until now is just to lock in insurability. Uh, but that was a risk I was willing to take. So with the, the baby coming last month, I no longer want to have that risk. And so I want to get that policy in place as soon as possible. And for me, the point of life insurance is not to be my own bank, not to build you know, tax-free income, not to have it be in an investment account, trying to get significant returns. The point for me is literally just to replace income if I die, right? That's That is what insurance is. There's plenty of other areas of investments that I can focus on building the business, the stock market, real estate, whatever it is, rather than a commission heavy fee laced insurance product. So I was looking at what's called term life insurance, which essentially just means you're quoted a price for a certain amount of years. And if you die, your beneficiary will get a death benefit. If you do not die during those years, then the insurance policy will lapse and you do not receive any proceeds, no refunds. I think there are some riders you can get on policies that actually would return some of the premiums that you paid. Then it's just a more expensive policy. I wasn't interested in that. For me, the way I look at it is it's a peace of mind thing. It's low cost. So as long as I can go to sleep at night, knowing that if I die, my family will be covered, then, then if I outlive those 30 years, well, I'm pretty happy because it means I'm still alive. So my wife is fully capable of earning an income. And realistically, up until now, she's an amazing woman. She'd probably find another life partner if something happened to me. And I have assets that would cover any like end-of-life costs. So there was no significant need to, to go ahead and get the policy. But with becoming a father, that kind of changed everything. Everything well, literally changed everything, but also in terms of needing life insurance. So my daughter is reliant on both of our incomes to support her for the next 20 years. Diapers, food, clothing, daycare, college, etc. It's pretty tough on one income, not to mention you have to pay for more daycare because now if you're going to work and there's no one home to take care of your child, there becomes a significant financial burden on a spouse when one passes away and you have young children. So it was important for me to make sure that never happens. And listen, I know what you're probably thinking. You're listening to this, you're like, you're a healthy 30 year old, you're not going to die. And I hope not, but here's the reality. My mother died at the age of 40. My cousin, the age of 42. I know personally, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And as much as we don't like to, we need to start thinking about the inevitable. Death and taxes. But that's another combo. We're just gonna focus on life insurance and death today. And honestly, the policy is pretty cheap. So when you're buying it as a young, healthy 30-year-old, I'm looking at like $750 a year for annual premiums on a million-dollar term life policy for 30 years. And so let's talk about kind of what kind. So I reached out to my my buddies over at b c brokerage. They're an insurance firm that i I send all my clients over to if they have insurance needs and they're the ones who will go out source the insurance products and sell it to them. I do not sell insurance for my clients; it allows me to remove that conflict of interest. I don't get paid from any financial company, the only people that pay me or my clients um, through transparent fees so I outsource any insurance policies to an insurance firm just to remove that conflict of interest. But I reached out to my buddy and said, hey, you know, I'm looking at a 30-year term policy with a million dollars of coverage. What, like, what do we gotta do to get this this started, right? And the reason I want a term, like I said, it's the cheapest. I'm not looking for a complex whole life or IUL policy that tells me how to be my own bank. Those are mostly BS and filled with hidden fees anyways. And it's probably only a good strategy for maybe like 1% of the individuals and we can talk about that on a different episode. Term policy is very simple. Like I said earlier, if I die in those 30 years, beneficiary gets a million dollars. If I outlive the policy, I might even throw a party that day, right? Because that means I'm still alive and I don't really care about the money that I spent to have that peace of mind. And also, I can take the cost difference between what it would cost to invest in a complex policy that matches the market or, you know, makes you own bank or whatever, you know, their sales pitch is. I can take the cost of my term policy and invest the difference in the stock market, get an average of 10% returns. Over the next 30 years obviously not guaranteed and almost always those calculations come out better for me if i do that rather than the expensive complex policy that has a lot of hidden fees and commissions all right so once i made that decision to go ahead and just get a 30-year term policy with a million dollars in coverage Reached out to BC Brokerage and we started going through the process, right? So their job is to kind of get my information. So I went on their website and filled out a quick like 10-minute application, entering my personal details, medical history, etc. And then I had a like a 10-minute call with their team just to kind of go over the application. And then they submitted to multiple insurance companies just to get me the best pricing, the best quote. I don't deal with insurance companies, so I don't know the, the specifics, but essentially what they're looking at is some companies are more favorable in different situations and some companies have better ratings, et cetera. And so they're going out and they're finding the best fit for me based on my situation. right? So I submitted an app to the company that they matched me with and most of it was already filled in by them, but I had to fill in some more information that they requested. Sometimes that's enough, sometimes the life insurance company will come back and request medical records just to verify the information you gave them. Sometimes they will request a medical exam. I actually did have to do a medical exam. It was very simple. They came to my apartment, took about 10 minutes and the nurse did like my height, my weight, urine sample, blood sample. And that was it. Easy peasy. I even used my own scale. He was like, all right, just go away yourself. So pretty easy. One of the most annoying parts though, is anyone who's into fitness is that the BMI scale, they come back and give you your BMI score. And it said I was borderline obese, which is kind of funny if you know me. So anyone into fitness, you're probably going to come back looking like you're obese, but it didn't affect anything. My rate was actually significantly lower than I was originally quoted. Uh, so it had no significant impact on the, the pricing. And then the last step for me was actually the insurance company called to review one of the medical procedures that I had listed. Honestly, this was probably the most annoying part of the whole process just because like she was asking me questions that I had already put down on the application and I had answered the phone when I wasn't near my computer. So she was asking what I thought I had already put on the application and she didn't really make it clear that she was just looking for me to verify it rather than give her new information until about halfway through the combo And she was like, Oh yes, I have it in front of me. I just need you to verify it. So that was honestly the most annoying part, but, after that conversation, I got an approval letter, and then the policy was written up, sent to me, and I e-signed it. And so, and like I said, it was half the price, actually, of the original quote. So, DC Brokerage had quoted me about 1400 for an annual premium, and obviously, they over-delivered and came back and was around 750 a year, which was pretty cool. So now I have a 30 year term life insurance policy for a million bucks for around $750 a year. And if I died tomorrow, my daughter would probably be the richest person that's ever been in my family. So that's pretty cool. I can sleep easy at night knowing that, and I would easily pay $750 a year for that peace of mind. That's all I've got. I got a couple of questions on this, so I want to cover those. But let me know if you have any questions on life insurance over in my DMs. You know, some someone asks, you know, are some providers better than others? Yeah, insurance companies do have ratings. I don't do a lot with that bc brokerage handles a lot of that but you do want to be careful if you buy insurance from an insurance company that is lowly rated they're probably at a higher risk of defaulting and not paying out on the policy because essentially with insurance your risk your your pool, they're pooling assets to cover that risk so some are better than others i also from my understanding some uh, cover certain situations better than others so it's it's not necessarily one's better than the other, but one might emphasize one area where another is emphasizes another, I guess. Someone asked best way to predict if you're going to die. I can actually guarantee with a hundred percent accuracy at this moment in time before the robots take over that, that you will die. Right? So hundred percent to guarantee taxes and death, inevitable. Framework for deciding how much. So there's a couple different options here. There's some people will do like a multiple of income. For me, that didn't make the most sense because as an entrepreneur and having started my business in the last couple of years, my income is not where it's going to be in 5, 10, 15 years. So for me, that didn't make sense. Another one is a needs analysis. So Essentially, what would you need to cover if you passed away? I also don't have a mortgage, so I didn't really have to worry about that. For me, what I was really thinking about is the cost of raising our child, right? And the fact that we will probably have a mortgage in the future. So I kind of just ballparked and rounded up to a million dollars. But when I'm doing this with clients, I'm taking a look at specifically like what are the needs of what they're trying to cover if they passed away right so do they have children do they have mortgage where are they in their phase of life if they're older maybe they're just trying to cover a mortgage case they pass away and their spouse uh, can cover that if they have a mortgage and retirement etc but for me personally it was like all right let me just get overinsured right now because i can always you know reduce this if I need to in the future, but let me lock in like a million dollars in insurability. And then if I need to add some down the road, there's a risk that I might not be insurable, but at least I've got that baseline million dollar coverage. And for some people, that's not a lot of money, but for my family, that's a lot of money. I grew up on, you know, free and reduced lunches. I come from absolutely nothing. So if I pass away tomorrow and my daughter gets a million dollars, like I said, she'll be the richest person in my family by far. So that's how I decided it was not a really complex calculation. It was just, hey, here's the things I see that we would need. My wife would probably have to work less or pay for daycare, which is very expensive for the next 18 to 25 years. And then she would also have to pay for education or entrepreneurial costs. I'm not that interested in forcing my child to go to college. And I think the education system is going to look significantly different in the next 20 years. But I do want there to be some funds there available for her to kind of have some flexibility and freedom for starting a business or going to college, whatever it is that she chooses. So. That's all I've got for you. I hope that was helpful. If you're starting a, a family, if you've recently started a family, you don't have life insurance. I do think now is a really great time to consider it. And I can hook you up with someone to help you out with that. Like I said, do not sell life insurance, but this is more just an episode on what you should be looking at, what you should be considering and go with term life insurance over whole life for the sake of protecting your income. If you're looking to use it for an investment or be your home bank, et cetera, do your research and, and make sure you get an agent that is not sleazy, I guess. So that's all I got for you today. Let me know if you have any questions. And in the meantime, be wealthy, my friends. Hey coaches, did you enjoy this episode? If so, then you'll definitely enjoy my weekly newsletter, The Wealthy Weekend every friday afternoon i share actionable tips and stories on how to be a wealthy coach that allows you to get one percent better even on the weekends check out the show notes to sign up or hit the link in my instagram bio at justingreen all right coaches until next time be wealthy